The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. In a world full of turmoil and upheaval, people get confused on what should be done first. When they need answers, they wonder, where can I go for these answers? Jesus is ever-present around us, and it only takes a simple prayer to call upon Him for wisdom, 
knowledge, and understanding to make the right decisions or find your right answers. The church choir, under the leadership of Emilia Hahn, will sing this song entitled, I'm in His Care. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano, Iris Locke on the organ. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen.
the talented men and women of our church band, directed by yours truly, will play for us this inspirational song entitled, Let the Lower Lights Be Burning. When our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, He took on the sins of the whole world and became the sacrificial lamb that we may receive salvation full and free. Are you ready, viewers, to receive the salvation that Jesus suffered for us? Our soloist, Associate Pastor Marvin Bing, will sing this uplifting song entitled, Does Jesus Care? Accompanied with him, the trusty Associate Pastor, Ms. Brooks Sr., and Mason Asano Sr. of the guitars, Iris Locke on the drums, and myself on the piano. Does Jesus care when my heart is pain too deeply for birth or song as a burden spreads and the kiss destroys? 
As we make the choice to put Jesus first in our lives, we try very hard to make positive changes in the right direction so that Jesus can lead and guide our steps each and every day. We must draw closer to his wounded side, ever pressing forward as written in Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. For the final selection, our church choir will sing this thought-provoking song entitled, I wonder if it's happened yet to you.
How wonderful it is, TV viewers, that we are able to offer our talents to the Lord, whatever it may be, and share God's Word with those around us. By living by example, we allow Jesus' light to shine through us so that others may see Jesus in us. Our instrumentalist this morning is Punahele Kapuni as she plays for us this wonderful song entitled, All I Need. And Punahele can truly attest to that fact that Jesus is all she needs. Amen.
Plus this morning is our husband and wife couple, Associate Pastor Timothy and Emilia Hahn Sr. As they lift the name of Jesus to the highest in this endearing song entitled, O Lord, My Lord. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful number to Ms. Caitlin Bolosan. We hope and pray you enjoy this dedication, Caitlin, and that your day be blessed with God's love pressed on and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday.
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KVVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state of Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaner Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Elverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espero in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections, however, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. One of the reasons I truly feel blessed is that I have the opportunity to share the good news of the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you, our TV congregation, through these weekly telecasts. Man's human instincts causes him to embrace sin and shun the Lord's sacrifice and call to everlasting life through his salvation. It is my sincere desire that you will not fail to heed the Lord's commandment to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. I pray that as a result of the gospel message, which you will hear today entitled, I am the way, you will move a step closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We come to the final words in Jesus' great Sermon on the Mount. He had preached to a great multitude. He had given the world some wonderful rules for right living. 
he had spoken with power and authority as he looked upon the multitudes who appeared quiet and still. He sensed the movement within each of them, for in essence, all were moving through life. They were serving one of two masters. They were heading for one of two destinations. Jesus spoke to them as you read Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. We are not standing still. We are moving on to greater victory. Every minute finds us a little farther down the road. Every day brings us one day nearer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in clouds of glory for his own, the water washed, the blood washed, and the spirit filled and walking in the light. There are two roads in every man's life. Jesus tells us of a broad way upon which many men presently walk. Read in Matthew 7, 13 to 14, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Too many people today want to be identified with what can be termed the popular religion. They want to be with the crowd, and usually it's the worldly crowd. I have known people who were members of a prominent church that oppose such worldly practices as drinking, smoking, gambling. But many of these people weren't satisfied. They wanted a less restrictive religion, one which gave them more freedom. Thus, they changed churches. But it was like changing the label on an empty bottle. It meant nothing spiritually. Jesus tells us in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the door. Therefore, if by him any man shall enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. We need to stop, look, and ask ourselves the question, upon which road am I traveling? We surely should tremble if our religion is that of man. We pronounce our own doom when we simply go where the crowd goes and not follow the word of God. The Apostle Paul was not a seeker of popularity, as you read in Galatians 1.10, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Tagging along saves no one. Suppose you are in the minority. Suppose that it isn't popular to be a separated, born-again Christian. Suppose you walk the straight and narrow road. You will certainly find Jesus, the saints, peace, joy, and happiness upon that road. Did you know of years that God's people are few in number? Many are called, but few are chosen. As you read in Deuteronomy 7, 6-7, For thou art in holy people unto the Lord thy God, 
The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor chose you because you were more in number than any other people, for ye were the fewest of all people. It never has been popular for a man to turn his back on the world and try to live a holy life, but it certainly would pay off in the end. We read in 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, the 14 verses, 17 and 18, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. The context proves that Jesus supports separation for all that is unclean, such as unholy things and evil people. That is one side of separation. However, the Christian must also be separated to God. A born-again believer living in the world cannot live entirely apart from the evil in the world, but he can refuse to take part in doing anything that is evil. Not until the Christian lives a truly separated life can he have full fellowship with God, his heavenly Father. When he accomplishes this end, then his service will bear fruit for the Lord. It isn't always the majority that is right. In 1492, the majority of people believed that the earth was flat. Columbus believed that it was round. The majority was wrong. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 40, verse 22, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretch out the heavens as a curtain and spreaded them out as a tent to dwell in. Circle might be translated globe. Many people think the Bible teaches the earth is flat. That is not so. It was ancient beliefs in astronomy which made this assumption. For instance, the Ptolemaic theory contended that the sun moved around the earth. The Bible was written amid the scientific environment, but it has never taught such errors. The majority was wrong when they called Robert Fulton's steamboat Fulton's Folly. In 1903, the Wright brothers believed they could create a machine which could fly through the air. The majority of people laughed at them and called them fools. But when we see the jumbo jets today, we know the majority back then was wrong. How about the 120 disciples who gathered in the upper room on the day of Pentecost? At that time, there were 4 million Jews in Palestine. A ratio of one disciple to 33,000 people. The Lord filled the 120 with power from on high, and the Spirit of the Lord formed the first church, which Jesus spoke of at Caesarea Philippi. He said to Peter, upon the rock, that is upon Jesus himself, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, no one could have predicted that the tiny handful of disciples at Pentecost would eventually conquer the mighty Roman Empire. Thus, we find that the majority of people in the world today are wrong as far as their attitudes towards Jesus is concerned. 
It behooves us to go along with the minority on the straight and narrow. Many say that God's way to heaven is too narrow, yet they accept the narrow ways of the world. Take, for example, a young man who wants to be a doctor. All right, says the medical profession. It's a narrow road. You will have to give up many pleasures, give up your worldly friends, give up much time, devote years of study to become a doctor. It's a narrow road. But the wise young man says, it will be worth a sacrifice. So I will take the narrow road. Then there was Nicodemus who saw Jesus at night. Nicodemus wanted to enter the kingdom of God. All right, said Jesus, but it means you must give up your sin, your sinful companions, your evil ways, and accept me as your personal savior and the master of your life. All right, said Nicodemus, it will be worth it. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus. Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry-hearted Pharisee and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who are trying to find happiness in this world. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but they search in vain. To such people today, Jesus would maintain, you're seeking satisfaction in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of earth and heaven will be yours. In John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes, TV viewers, you can see many wonderful things in this island state. You can see the great white male can, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great city of Honolulu, but you'll never see the holy city of New Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You can go beyond the boundaries of Hawaii and see the seven wonders of the world in all their splendor but you'll never see the land that is fairer than day unless you have been born again. You may live in the finest castle that money can buy, but you'll never see the father's house of many mansions unless you have been born again. Jesus said you must be born again. He emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. Read John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in water and in the name of Jesus Christ. According to Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost is for him or her to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. Thus, on the day of Pentecost, Mary, the mother of Jesus, received the gift of the Holy Spirit too, speaking in tongues. Consequently, if Mary needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fiery darts? Peter informs us in Acts 4, 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no name in this world comparable to the name Jesus. Is God's ways too narrow? If a man has the right to make rules, doesn't God have the same right? 
He has every right to make them and every right to enforce them. The broad way to destruction is crowded with people going their own way. We read Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. False religions and cults which are not in accordance with the word of God are ways, for example, which may seem right, but which lead to death. Those who take part in such religions may even appear joyful, when in reality their hearts are probably heavily burdened. Only the Lord Jesus can give full joy and happiness. Therefore, to you in my viewing audience, I say stand firmly with Jesus. He is a winner. Only those who go the way Jesus will be traveling upon the road which leads to life. The Broadway is attractive at the beginning, but that attraction gets dimmer as the days go by. Every sin offers more at the beginning than it does at the end. We read Romans 6:23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Upon which road are you? Jesus stands with open arms at the entrance to the narrow road. His heart is full of love for you. His voice is pleading for you to come unto him. He offers you life, peace, and joy in this life and that to come. Why not accept his loving call? Jesus warns us about false prophets. We read in Matthew 7, 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Paul warned that grievous wolves would enter in, not sparing the flock. Today, there are millions of people who are ready to follow any religious trend, any new cult or isms. Now, how can one be sure about their doctrines? First, one should measure them by using the Bible as his or her measuring tune. Everything must line up with the Word of God. If these teachings do not measure up as Bible truths in every respect, then one must reject these as false doctrines from false prophets. Jesus tells in verse 16, He shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes or thorns or figs of thistles? A true prophet is not only sound in Bible doctrines, but his lifestyle backs up his teachings. Jesus emphasizes another great truth of life. You read verses 17 to 18, Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Thus, how can one know whether or not a man really belongs to the Lord? It would not be his looks, his speech, or his attitude which will tell you so, but the fruits which he brings forth in his life. Sometimes a Christian who strays from God does the wrong thing. He may even bear some bad fruit. But the normal trend of a Christian's life is towards God, and normally the fruit he bears is good fruit. If you have ever flown over a large river, or perhaps even a small stream, it appears as a winding crooked line sometimes flowing north, south, sometimes east, sometimes even west, taking the path of least resistance. The born-again believer's life is sometimes like that path of a river. One spiritual life begins at Calvary and flows towards heaven. Sometimes it goes opposite of God's will. Sometimes it enters Satan's territory. Sometimes it is barren and fruitless, the believer's trend. 
must flow toward heaven. And thank God, one day soon, it will reach its goal. The fruit of a born-again Christian is the fruit produced in him by the Holy Spirit. Paul speaks of it in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. When the Holy Spirit controls a person's life, he causes the grace, his name here, to grow in that individual's life. Jesus speaks out against the mere outward profession of religion. He said that in the last days, many people will stand before him to seek entry into his kingdom. Read in Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. In other words, when the end comes, Jesus will turn many away at the entrance of God's kingdom. As he says to them, I never called you. I never knew you as my bride. I never ordained you to preach in my name or to use my name in prayers for the sick and afflicted. Jesus closes his Sermon on the Mount with a great climax. He uses a gripping illustration. He tells of two men who built their houses. We read in verses 24 to 27, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doing them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Thus, we see it wasn't the house that was important. It was the foundation. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3:11, For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ. The truth here is that if a man's life is founded upon Christ, he is safe in the midst of all the storms of life. He comes in the forms of tests and trials and will be safe on the day of judgment. But the man who builds his life upon anything else except Jesus has a shaky foundation, which will fail in his time of need, especially at the judgment seat of God. We read in Psalms 82.5, They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. The wise man not only hears the word, but he is a doer of the word. He actually repents and sincerely believes. He turns from sin to the Savior. He ceases to do evil and learns to do good. Read in James 1, to 24. 
but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and stray, forgetteth what manner of man he was. And what is the result of a faithful hearer and doer? In times of trial, his faith will not fail him. Floods of sorrow, sickness, poverty, and disappointment will beat upon him in vain. He will be able to stand unmoved. Now the second man of whom Jesus spoke built his house upon sand. Though he had heard about the true way, he was not willing to accept Jesus. He flattered himself by maintaining that all was well with his soul because after all, he had been a good man. Thus he just went his own way. And what happened? When trouble, sorrow, and death came, he fell apart for he had built his life on shifting sands. The amazing thing is that so many people are like this second man. They know about Jesus. They know that they are sinners. They know the judgment is coming, but they go on building on the things of this world. Thus, at the end, they go out to the land where sorrows and suffering afflict them eternally. Though there are many other ways by which men try to get to heaven, only one is the right way. There were and are millions who believe that the church can save them. Therefore, they commit the salvation of their souls to the church. But I ask you, why didn't Jesus say something about the church if the church could save? It is because there is no church, no religion, no priest or minister who can save his soul. The Bible tells us that none can keep his own soul alive and none can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. One cannot buy his way into heaven. There are those who baptize living church members in the place of either members or non-members who have died. This false practice is the result of false teaching. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Thus you see, television viewers, salvation is for the living believer, not for the dead. And today can be the day of your salvation, if you will but hear his voice. It is appointed for man once to die, but after that, the judgment. Thus the question of how can we know the way was answered by Jesus himself when he declared, I am the way. Now, if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. To close another wonderful television program is our church band playing for you the number entitled, Hold the Fort.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.